First thing I'm gonna do is bite off every one of these little fingers one at a time. <laughs> Come on, let's get you home. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Oh, man, we hope you had a great Christmas. We certainly did. Let's go slay Satan together, just like the Christ child. Coming on that beautiful Christmas night 2,000 years ago. Today is December 28th, 2023. A Christmas gift to all of you. More arrests for voter fraud. The left's obsession with idols comes crashing down just in time for the Christmas season as we are joined by Carrie Lake and Michael Cassidy in the arena. We're fighting right alongside with you. Let's go, baby. We throw the punches around here. There's a brand new piece of reporting out that proves exactly how broken our country is. And there's a lot of things that we wish for in the new year. However, I would argue that the thing I wish the very most for in America, the thing that is the most, the largest existential threat to all of us is our rigged and broken voting system. And it's strange because I find myself on the side of so many Democrats here. Check this out. There's a new article saying that Democrats blame election fraud for their losses, and they'd be right to do that. Republicans also equally blame election fraud for their losses, and they'd be right to do that. We're going to detail for you in just a second exactly how many times Democrats steal from other Democrats. And it falls to guys like me to actually defend the disenfranchised Democrat voters. I am not a Democrat. I don't like a lot of the things that they support or do, but I will stand up for your right to a free vote if you are a Democrat. And I seem to be like the only one. A lot of people screaming about disenfranchisement. I seem to be the only person who cares because, well, the entire system falls apart if you don't have yourself a secure system to vote. You don't get the will of the people, and that's what the entire country is based on. I suppose that's what some evil oligarchs want, and that's what some elites want. They wish to select those who we can choose from to be our leaders, quote unquote. Remember, Donald Trump's not allowed on the ballot. He's not allowed. Why? Shut up, <laughs> right? But even if his name is on the ballot, we'll make sure that those ballots are worth less, and we'll be sure to make sure that we get the result we want. Check this out. Here's in New York, all right? This is a guy in New York, who filled out hundreds of absentee ballots. Now, how was he able to do this? New York's broken election laws is the answer to that. He did this in a Democrat primary. So this is, of course, not cheating against me, my party, or my political beliefs. He's cheating against other Democrats. And that's why Democrats are pissed off about this. We got a major problem in this country, and the first step, Alcoholics Anonymous, is admitting you have a problem. You have to admit it, and you have to be able to talk about it. So we're thankful for both. Ladies and gentlemen, hundreds of false ballots in New York cheating by Democrats, against Democrats. A Queens man has been indicted, accused of voter fraud on a grand scale. Investigators say Abdul Rahman submitted 118 false absentee ballot applications for the Democratic primary election in August of last year. Of the 118, 32 were approved. Rahman was arraigned today on a 140 count indictment. He faces up to seven years in prison if convicted. So let's go ahead and read what exactly happened here. So a man named Abdul Rahman in New York may serve up to seven years in a 140 count indictment outlined. What exactly did he do? Well, Abdul filled out fraudulent absentee ballot requests, signed those requests, and then voted for those people. There was a man who showed up, his name was Jordan, to vote, and they said, ah, sorry, pal, you've already voted. Huh? Yeah, Jordan. You already voted. Abdul stole your vote. He did so by quite literally taking your vote from you. Now, if you head up to Massachusetts, we have footage of 
somebody actually literally taking a vote out of a mailbox. This is happening all over the place. Remember, if it happens one time, maybe it's a phenomenon. If it's happening everywhere, uh, you got yourself a problem. You got yourself the feature, not the bug. Somebody actually stealing ballots on camera, stealing the votes from the mailbox. Back to New York, okay? What happened? When the voter got to the poll, the poll worker said he couldn't pass the ballot because he's already voted. The authorities looked into it. They found that Jordan's ballot application had been included. His name, address, his birthday had all been signed and dated on August 1st. And Abdul was listed as the person who would pick it up. So, of course, Jordan never requested this. He never filled out the application. This was all done fraudulently. How exactly did Abdul get Jordan's name, address, and birthday? It's like he has the voter rolls or something. It's like this was a pretty sophisticated operation. He had, Jordan had never met Abdul and certainly didn't give him the green light to vote for him. So this is exactly what happened to him and 118 other people. So consider it like this. If you are a voter and your entire block votes for the same candidate you really like guy, one guy, Abdul, can go and delete all your votes, can take away every vote that you have. Your entire block just deleted because Abdul is committing fraud. He stole your vote. He canceled out your legitimate vote with voter fraud. This is, of course, precisely what happened in Massachusetts. Let's head back to Massachusetts. When a woman went to vote and found out that she had already voted. Second report filed was from this Lawrence woman who's still waiting for elections officials to decide whether her in-person vote will count or the mail-in, which she says has her signature forged. How come it's not going to be counted if I'm voting right in front of you and I'm telling you that that vote that you have there is not mine? State elections officials are now sorting. So hold up. Stacey Abrams for the last couple of years was having apoplectic seizures on the ground talking about the disenfranchisement of black minority women voters. Yet I just played you a clip of a black minority woman voter who is no doubt a Democrat voting in Springfield, Massachusetts. You'd have to just assume pretty Democrat area, Democrat town. This woman had her vote stolen from her. Same election where you can see people stealing votes from mailboxes. They have universal mail-in balloting there. And I am the only person who's out here ringing the bell saying uh, that woman doesn't deserve to have her vote stolen from her. No one inside of the Democrat Party, no one inside of the uh, elite institutions in our nation is standing up for her. I and the local news reporter are the only people that are trying to say this woman doesn't deserve to have her ballot stolen. And by the way, she'd probably vote against my interests, right? If I lived in Massachusetts, I probably wouldn't be on the same political side as her. Yet I believe that she has a right to not have her vote, vote stolen. Democrats stealing elections from other Democrats. Seems to be a trend here. This is what happens with a broken election system. One in five mail-in voters admit they cheated in the 2020 election. They voted for somebody else. They voted in a state they didn't live in. One in five? How fraudulent are our elections? Well, believe Joe Biden when he tells you that he's been working really hard ever since the Obama years. They've been working really hard to create the greatest voter fraud operation, the most comprehensive and inclusive voter fraud operation in American history. We have put together and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. How extensive and inclusive is the voter fraud organization in the history of American politics? Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's so extensive and inclusive that CNN who has never covered voter fraud or this issue with any seriousness, uh, certainly with the seriousness that it deserves, that CNN accidentally caught voter fraud on camera in Cuyahoga County, Democrat County in Ohio. They were rolling their cameras, asking people at the ballot drop boxes who they were voting for. And this happened. 
the only ballot drop box in Cuyahoga County, Ohio. You can see this woman right here casting her vote. Did you vote for Reagan or Jimmy Carter? Carter. Carter, okay. We don't want to get too personal with people here, but you can see there's actually a traffic jam. We can come around this way and you can see there are cars. Did you see that lady? Check this out. The publisher's clearinghouse doesn't have this many ballots shoving into mailboxes. Your postman on tax day doesn't have this many envelopes from the federal government to be shoved into a box. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot of shoving into boxes all across the nation. If CNN had had cameras in Michigan on election night, they would have seen footage like this. So many strange events occurring, occurring on election night in Michigan, 2020, you see vans, van after van, van after van, driving in when they'd officially stopped the counting. How does that happen? Well, we don't quite know. And we're not exactly sure. But what we do have is far more crisp versions of voter fraud happening in Democrat states against Democrats. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Wanda. Wanda is a woman who stuffed ballot drop boxes. She stuffed ballot drop boxes against her fellow Democrats. Wanda is a city employee. Wanda was caught stuffing these ballots into the drop boxes, ballot after ballot, by carrying a giant garbage bag full of ballots. Now, how'd Wanda get all these ballots? Where do they come from? Who was paying her to do this? People don't do this kind of stuff for free. They don't wind up with a catching a case seven years in prison for nothing. It's a risk. Who is responsible for this? A judge in Connecticut has looked at this video and said that there is no way that I can determine who the rightful winner of this race was. By the way, a race for, of one Democrat against another. So the judge said, new election, throw it out. Same thing's happening in Louisiana. Judge saying, wait up, I can't figure out who's the real winner in an election in Louisiana that was decided by one vote. The judge said that there's empirical evidence that there's a bunch of people that voted in the election that shouldn't vote, a bunch of fraudulent votes. So I'm not going to certify this. This thing is going to go back and we're going to do the elections over again. Is this what the message that we want to send to the people around the world that look to America for democracy? That our judges have to say we're going to redo the elections? Ladies and gentlemen, there is a single state that has had probably more pound for pound election jiggering than any other state. That state is Arizona. In Arizona, the year of 2022, a woman was convicted of not only stealing ballots, but just wobbling up to the election center and filling those ballots out in full view of the cameras and the election workers. Guillermina Fuentes is someone who did this in her local heavy Latino community. She's of course a, of course, a Democrat activist, a former employee of the city. Funny how we're seeing a trend here. And she was caught with a fat stack of ballots, filling them out and tossing them in the box at the election center. This is how much she was acting with impunity. She was caught at the election center doing this. Guillermina Fuentes, was sentenced to 30 days in jail. Hmm, interesting. Ladies and gentlemen, um, seems like you should lose your right to vote if you're caught in election fraud. And that fraud, of course, has major implications for our nation. There's a considerable amount of fraud that happened in the 2020 election. Is it mass voter fraud? Well, yeah, obviously. It's happening in Massachusetts and it's happening all over the nation. This is just a small sampling. Heritage Foundation, in fact, has an entire database of voter fraud, convicted voter fraud in every single state in America. You should check it out. It's an awesome resource. But all the way up to 2023, there are there is data point after data point, conviction after conviction for rigging elections all across the nation. But back to Arizona. Carrie Lake was winning the polls by double digits on the eve of election night. 
2022 for the gubernatorial race in Arizona. Carrie Lake was a phenomenon. She was packing stadiums. She was packing stadiums. I saw it myself. And I also saw for myself, because I had traveled to Arizona on election day, the lines stretched around the block of people unable to cast their votes, in particularly Republican areas of Maricopa County, in the areas that are in the suburbs where Republicans are clustered. They were unable to vote because the voter machines had broken down and because the county itself had issued incorrect ballot sizes, among many other things, for these ballots. Ladies and gentlemen, eventually, when the final tabulation came through weeks later, turns out the Kerry Lake lost by just a just a baker's dozen of votes. Yes, indeed. And now Katie Hobbs is the governor of Arizona. Now, Katie Hobbs, of course, couldn't even get enough people to fill a phone booth at her rallies. She didn't campaign against Carrie Lake. She didn't ever debate Carrie Lake. Katie Hobbs, nonetheless, after all of the weeks of counting, was able to become governor. How does Argentina just had an election? How do they count 27 million ballots by 9 p.m.? But Maricopa County can't count like 7,000. You're going to have to figure that one out. You're going to have to tell me, tell me exactly how that's on the up and up. Carrie Lake's on the up and up. Carrie Lake is running for Senate now in Arizona in a interesting three-way race. Here's uh, her recent message about that race. When you don't achieve the plans that you set out for, it isn't because you don't deserve them. It's because God has something greater in store. We created a movement that is fighting for what matters. It's fighting for the truth. Carrie made a tremendous impression on millions and millions of people, even beyond Arizona. And we've witnessed how far the left has gone. They've lost it. We have Socialist Democrat Party that has lost touch with reality, a corrupt president who has lost touch with his brain, and we're sick of the swamp putting the rest of the world first. We're sick of them putting the cartels and smugglers first, putting the criminals and fentanyl dealers first, and putting crooked politicians first, all while Arizonans suffer. But America's story, our story is never finished. Washington, D.C. needs some fighters. I know you're by my side as I formally announce my candidacy for the United States Senate. This mama bear has a whole lot of fight left in her. I need strong fighters like Carrie. Ladies and gentlemen, you get chills watching it. One of the foremost victims of voter fraud in our nation. I'm not scared to say it. The great Carrie Lake, now candidate for Senate, joins the program in the arena. <laughs> Carrie, welcome to In the Arena. It's such an honor to have you on the show. Merry Christmas and a happy new year. Thank you. And right back to you and your beautiful family. I'm happy to be on the show again. It's always fun to come on with you. We are hoping that there is a Christmas present wrapped under your tree that says brand new senator. And I'm just going to start off with the polling that's out recently showing that you are dominating in the field, a three-way race. Uh, you are at 41% here, according to the newest polls for U.S. Senate in Arizona. This has got to be a uh, very nice little early Christmas present. That was great. You know, I, I, that came out of nowhere. I, I feel that when we're, uh, you know, out with the people that our message is resonating. I've always felt that when it comes to America first policies, that that's what the people want. It makes so much sense. Why wouldn't you want to put your country first? Why wouldn't you want to put the security of your people first? Uh, why wouldn't you want to put the education of American children first? And so our policies make sense. And we've seen just the opposite of that under Joe Biden. It's, it's been disastrous. There's no other way to put it. We're, our streets aren't safe. Our quality of life is going down. The border is wide open. And we've seen so many problems associated with that. And, you know, we're on the verge of World War III when a few years ago we were on the verge of world peace. So yes. we, we've seen both sides of it. And I know that the people I'm around, that I have the privilege of, of speaking with every day, are saying, we've got, we've got to get back to America first policies. We know that you'll do that. The folks that you're running against are, are frankly radical, Ruben Gallego and Kirsten Cinema. 
They're both liberals and they're, they've had 20 years combined to do something to solve these problems. And all they've done is make them worse. Yes, it's so true. And the institutionalized rot is really beginning to repulse the American people. But there is a rot in Arizona. And I want to get to the border because I believe that's absolutely the most important detail and issue in American history right now. And also the biggest issue for Arizona. But I got to be a Grinch here for a second and say, man, I've seen these polls before. I'm having flashbacks. And I'm having flashbacks to like Carrie Lake is up by double digits in the gubernatorial race and they didn't seem too stressed out about it and they had it wired. They had it wired. I was there that day. I saw the long lines myself. I asked the people the questions. I saw people leave the lines. Um, and now we've heard about the ballot issues and obviously the uh, you have a number of lawsuits in the courts right now in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And so it's. I'm, we're going to move to talking about the border in a second, but I got to pinpoint on this because it's something that, you know, we've just talked about. There have been so many verified cases of mass voter fraud in America, right? Not only just in Arizona, in blue states, Democrats versus Democrats, a guy in New York, hundred illegal absentee ballots, entire elections being thrown out by judges in Louisiana and in New Jersey and in Connecticut. And so it does seem like one, you're on the right side of this issue. And also you're the victim of this, this issue. I mean, can we say that now definitively? Yeah. I mean, the people are the victim and, yes. and I, I, I had the courage to not the courage. I mean, I felt the duty to stand up after what they did in our elections, which was sabotage and, and fight back. And, you know, we haven't had the luck we wanted in court. You know, we're, we're dealing with, we got rot all over. And just as the DC courts are very corrupt, the Arizona courts are as well. But, you know, we're, we're showing in the court of public opinion what's happening. We have pointed out how they are stealing our elections, trampling our sacred vote. And it's not fun to have to be the person that fights that. And I know President Trump has been a, a real fighter, Abe Hamade. There's been some of us that have stood up and said, we're going to fight this because this is an important issue. How do we ever get the common sense solutions to our problems if we can't even get our elections straightened out. So we're fighting it. And now I'm being sued by government officials who run our elections, suing me personally for defamation, for speaking out and pointing out how they stole this. They're trying to do what they did to Rudy Giuliani to me. And, and, you know, they want us to be silenced. They want us to be destitute, penniless. And I'll tell you what, this is a, this is something that's worth fighting for. And our founding fathers, many of them lost everything to fight for our country, to create the greatest country on the planet. And I'm willing to lose everything. I don't want to lose everything, but I'm not going to back down from this fight. We don't have it all solved. And that's why we have to make sure everyone gets out and vote. If, if we get 80% of the, of the people to vote, if we get 80% of Republicans to vote, there's no way they can even try to rig it. There's just not enough uh, phony ballots in the world to stop us. So we got to get people out to vote. We cannot say, well, the system's still a mess. We're not going to vote. No, that's exactly what they want. We have to fight, fight, fight. We're in the end of a Marxist takeover. And if we don't stand up at this moment in the next 10, 11 months and fight like hell, then we will lose our country. And that means we got to be willing to sacrifice everything for freedom for our children. We've seen the loss of the country at the Arizona border. These images from Lukeville coming out are just absolutely staggering. Pop them up on screen, but it's just an army. It's just an mm. army. There's no other word for it. It's, it's, a, it's an army from the ancient days marching across a barrier and invading and doing so, by the way, with the guns pointed in the other direction, meaning the American military is facilitating this. If there ever was an insurrection, this would be it. The inability, of course, to follow our own laws and to use our military against us as American citizens. Do you do you agree with that? A hundred percent. What you're showing is a foreign invasion and our government is not protecting us from it. They have a duty in the in the guarantee clause. Article 4, Section 4 of the United States Constitution to protect us from an invasion. We've had this invasion going on since day one of Joe Biden's administration when he caused the invasion. He told people, come on over, invade our country. We're OK with it in so many words. And that's, you know, look, I guess, look, apparently in this video, Joe Biden can draw a crowd. 
Remember when he was running for office, he couldn't draw a crowd? <laughs> Just like a Biden rally. A Biden rally is an invasion at the border. And um, it's a crime what's happening. And the criminal here is Joe Biden and his administration. And this is a takeover of our country. We've never seen an invasion on our on our shores until this. And now we have an invasion on the shores of our country, on, a, on our soil. And we need to stand up and stop this right away. Even the Democrats are like saying, OK, we got a problem. But they don't want to fix the problem, Benny. The cheapest way to fix it is finish the wall. It would cost about $10 billion. Finish the wall and embolden the Border Patrol to do their job and stop people from coming over. But they want to make the Border Patrol facilitate this human smuggling. Our administration, so our, our government is the biggest human smuggler smuggling operation on the globe right now. The United States government is smuggling humans and to create, I, I believe, uh, indentured servitude in our country to sex traffic children. It is absolutely criminal what's happening at our border. And Joe Biden should be treated as such. It's interesting that you brought up the human smuggling element to this because in the news right now, uh, people are quite excitedly anticipating the release of Jeffrey Epstein's uh, client list. A judge has ordered that and 177 names will be made public. Apparently there will be presidents on that list, member of the royal family. Oh boy, I wonder who they could be. <laughs> uh, uh, but there are so many forces in Washington, D.C., especially in the Senate, a body in which you wish to join that are blocking the release of the government's information on Jeffrey Epstein and who he was. Uh, will you fight in the Senate to make sure that these people uh, who are protecting the pederasts, some of the darkest souls on earth, like get exposed? And more importantly, like how much of this open border is feeding this sick system? Well, we just heard, and I can't remember which um, lawmaker it was talking about how these lawmakers go to DC and get blackmailed. They end up having a few drinks with somebody, an attractive person comes over. Next thing you know, they're in a hotel room. And then months go by and a big vote comes up. He's this is I'm paraphrasing what he said. Somebody leans over and whispers in that lawmaker's ear and says, you know, we have video of remember that night. And uh, it's sick. It's absolutely sick. You you wonder why they vote this way. And then if you think if there's dirt on all of them, this is why they hate me. This is why they hate President Trump. This is why they hate a lot of these outsiders, because they don't have blackmail material. They can't bribe us. They can't control us. We are going to Washington, D.C. to finally do the work of the American people and restore our government, return it back to the people, take it away from the lobbyist and consultant class. And uh, yes, I will fight corruption. And I know that President Trump, when he gets in office, is going to roll up his sleeves and get to work dismantling the corrupt disgusting cabal that is running DC and frankly, our country. This is why they're trying to stop him. This is why they're trying to tie him up in lawsuits. This is why they're trying to stop me. This is why the media writes hundred percent negative coverage on me, makes stuff up. This is why they're suing us. This is why they're trying to grind us down and they will have to grind us down because we're never going to stop saving our country and working to save our country. So absolutely. I don't know who's on that list. I've heard names. Um, I would just tell these people it's coming out and you might as well come out ahead of it and apologize, admit what happened and, and try to work to uh, expose more of this corruption. We need some whistleblowers out there who are willing to come forward and say, maybe they did wrong, but they're willing to help to expose this and, and tear down this very, very sinister operation. Yeah, it does seem like you would be probably carry the wrong person to try and blackmail in Washington, D.C. when you get to the United States Senate. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong there. But based on what I know about you, you seem like you wouldn't be the right person to attempt this kind of an operation on. Well, you know, I, I worked um, for many years and people who don't know me, who only know me in, in, since I've gotten into politics, I worked for 30 years in the public eye as a broadcast journalist. And, you know, when you're in the public eye and you are a well-known person, and I'm also a good person, I was raised um, in, a, in a loving family and, and, and taught right from wrong. Uh, and, and I believe that our morals are, are the most important thing we have and how we behave and how we treat others. It's hard to crack into someone like that, someone who's solid in their beliefs. Yes. And they've tried. They've tried. I mean, I've told the story and I've told it a couple times, many times of the time a person showed up at my door to try to 
bribe me to stay out of politics. So I, so I wouldn't jump into this race for Senate. They tried to bribe me with a lot of money, basically whatever amount I, I named they were willing to pay me to stay off the ballot. They don't want me on the ballot, just like they don't want Trump on the ballot. And at first they try to entice you with money. And if you don't bite, then they go after you. And that's why they're throwing lawsuits at me, suing me for defamation, for speaking out, trying to take our First Amendment rights away from us. And this is, is very dangerous what they're doing to Rudy. You know, he's speaking out against election officials who are running our elections, who are who are in charge of protecting our sacred voice, our sacred vote. And if you can't criticize the government, if you can't stand up and say to an elected official or a government official, you did wrong. Here's what you did. I believe you did this, you know, calling them out. We will no longer have the ability to redress grievances with our government, which is in our First Amendment. Can you imagine if they're successful, they're success, successful at suing Rudy, they're successful at stopping me from speaking out and pointing out where the corruption is in our elections. What if you want to go, Benny, down to the school board meeting and call out the officials who are on the school board? Yes. You're going to have to stop and go, whoa, what if they try to sue me for defamation? Do I need to first get a lawyer to approve everything I'm planning on saying? Everyone's going to have to walk around with a lawyer next to them letting, telling you what you can and can't say. We are on a very slippery slope right now with this. And if we allow these Soros-funded lawsuits, which, by the way, it's a bunch of Soros attorneys who flew in from D.C. to sue me, and the same thing with Rudy, if we allow this to continue, we can kiss our First Amendment goodbye. Yeah. It, it, uh, based on everything, I mean, based on everything that's been thrown at you, Carrie, it's final question I got, New Year's question. A lot of people looking at fresh beginnings, new beginnings, like how do we even carry on, right? Because like, it does seem like there's a lot of darkness and a lot of evil I in the know. world right now. <gasps> and you, and you're, and you've been, you've been the victim of such a considerable amount of a coordinated centralized effort to stop the freedom movement in Arizona. Arizona is a state that they are just obsessed with and they must stop you and they have to go through you first. And that makes you the first person through the wall. What keeps you going? Can you give encouragement? to those watching right now about the new year. I absolutely can. And I want to give this encouragement. And I want to tell you that I am human. And I do have those moments where I'm down, where the weight of this is so heavy. And I always try to think back to those in history before us who had the weight of, of the world on them, including our founding fathers and many others. I think of Moses, the weight Moses had on him, the weight these people had on them. But God said, no, I'm picking you and I need you to be strong. And God is looking at each and every one of us right now and saying, this is your time. This is why I put you here. I don't make mistakes. This is the same God that parted the Red Sea. It, God is no, God has not been diminished. God is just as strong as the God who parted the Red Sea. He's with us right now. I want to tell people, as crazy as things are, you know, you wake up every day and you go, "What on earth could possibly happen today?" You know, you just kind of brace yourself for what's going to come out in the news. We are closer now to saving our country than we've ever been. And you might say, "Carrie, put down Hunter's crack pipe, really?" But think about it. We're closer now to saving our country, saving our republic than we were a month ago, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, when so many of us were in the dark, didn't even know what was really simmering and going on below the surface, didn't even realize that we were in the beginning, middle or end stages of a Marxist takeover. Now we are awake and it is up to us to come together as Americans. I really want in this next year in 2024, I don't want to be fighting with my fellow wonderful Americans, I want to come together as Americans and realize that politically we don't agree on everything. We disagree on a lot. Let's find where we have common ground. And that common ground I'm hoping is that every American out there who loves their country is willing to come together and work hard to save it. And we can argue and we can um, dispute and we can debate the issues we disagree on, but they want us warring with each other. And I just refuse to war with my fellow citizens who love this country. Now, that being said, there are some people out there who don't love this country, who want to tear it down. And those are the ones uh, that are going to lose in the end because we, the people will prevail. So God put us here. We're meant for this moment. When you're feeling down, tired, weak, just remember, wow. It's like you, Benny, with your beautiful family. I forget your oldest daughter's name. Eloise. Eloise, that's right. When you say, Eloise, daddy's got a project and I need your help. 
are you willing to help me out? You know how special that feels to a kid when their dad says, I, I've got something here and I need your help because I know you can do it. And you're so emboldened by that. You're like, wow, my, my dad thinks so highly in me that he's asked me to help out with this. Well, our heavenly father is asking us for our help right now to help save this great country that he had a hand in making. And so we should be honored that we are put here, placed here to help. And I am every day I wake up and I'm just, um, I'm humbled and I'm honored to be in the fight. What a beautiful message. I actually help. Uh, I actually let my daughter cook eggs with me, scrambled eggs. So she scrambled, she scrambled the eggs on the skillet this morning, my three, my three-year-old. So, Oh, um, that's awesome. You know how special she feels so empowered by that. She's like, dad asked for my help and I succeeded. I did it. <laughs> we certainly do feel that way to our heavenly father. And what a beautiful message in this season of hope. The most hopeful person probably ever to run for <laughs> office in America. The great Carrie Lake. God uh, speed. Merry Christmas and happy new year. Thank you so much. And the, think about the future when we win this battle and we get policies back that are putting our country first and strengthening it. Our country is going to be so incredible. Our families are going to be stronger. Our safety is going to be there, our quality of life, and we're going to have finally peace and prosperity. So God bless you. Merry Christmas to everyone and happy new year. Happy to scramble some eggs with you, Carrie. Let her Anytime. cook. Let her cook. <laughs> Got to break a few eggs to make omelets, right? God All bless right. you. Love you guys. Bye-bye. That woman deserves to be the governor of Arizona. She's a gift to our movement and her clarity and her precise points about how corrupt the system is deserves to be heard by everyone. We love Carrie Lake on this program and um, well, we look forward to her winning this Senate race and also bringing a little bit of clarity to Washington DC, which is something that a man once did an orange man, they didn't like the color of his skin, the cut of his jib, and they sent him away. But this man was right about so many things, our broken election system is one of them. But he's also right about something else. Check out this clip, about four years old. Nailed it. Watch. Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we gonna take down, excuse me, are we gonna take down, are we gonna take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner. Now, are we going to take down his statue? So you know what? It's fine. You're changing history. You're changing culture. And Are we going to take down statues of George Washington? Are we going to take down the statues that have any connection to a past that they don't want you to know about in America? The answer, of course, is yes. They always planned on doing this. And they hate Donald Trump because he called them out on their plans. You are seeing right now on your screen, the statues of our founding fathers coming down, the statues of our founding Christian icons being ripped to the ground, Christopher Columbus among them. What about statues? What about the peace statues? What about statues that nobody could argue against, right? Peace statues, like the peace after the Civil War, where the North and the South came together, reunified as a country, and we've had a pretty peaceful and actually quite awesome existence ever since. Well, they're tearing down the peace statues in Arlington Cemetery. A George blocked it, and now it's down. Nope. The Biden administration has deconstructed a statue that was meant to harmonize the peace that was sought after the Civil War, where when the slaves were freed, can't allow that. You can't have that story being told. Tucker Carlson explains. And I felt it today as they announced they're going to tear down the monument commemorating the peace between North and South in the Civil War. What is that? And I thought, where are the, and this is at Arlington National Cemetery, but no one showed up to protest it. And I thought, where are the veterans? Where are the descendants of Civil War veterans like me, like many people in this crowd who had ancestors who fought in that war on both sides, they were all Americans, to stand in front of that monument and say, it's not yours to destroy. That's my history. This is my country. I was born here, and you may not do that.
On June 7th, 1903, that monument was put up 100 years ago. There were ceremonies held with Confederates and with Union soldiers who were still alive that day. President Theodore Roosevelt set the floral arrangement at the base of that statue, and that tradition was continued all the way up through Barack Obama, who kept that tradition going, setting two wreaths at the monument, one to the Confederate soldiers and one, ladies and gentlemen, to the Union soldiers, a sign of respect for the men and the women who lost their lives to create a more perfect union. But we don't respect that story anymore. That story is an inconvenient story. They don't want you to know America's history, and that is why they don't fight when statues of Theodore Roosevelt, the man who first christened the Peace Memorial, was torn down in the Natural History Museum in New York. Nobody cried and, or screamed or protested at all when a statue of George Washington was torn down and fire set to its head. Nobody cried a single tear when a statue of Abraham Lincoln was ripped down in Portland by leftist protesters. Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, wow, that's ringing a bell. It's almost like somebody predicted that. Of course, you can tear down statues in this nation just as long as they're statues of white dudes who believed in God. Maybe even Italian dudes who brought Christianity to these shores. We went to Philadelphia to see the statue of Christopher Columbus that was supposed to be torn down. A bunch of Italians went outside and protected it with baseball bats and uh, pushed back, let's just say, in a very Italian way, anyone who tried to tear the statue down. But they were coming for it. They got other Christopher Columbus statues all around America. They took down Christopher Columbus statues in Baltimore and threw it into the harbor. Why? Well, because Christopher Columbus represents Christianity. The Christianity that was brought to these shores by European settlers and the Christianity that is the bedrock of the foundation of this nation. The reason we celebrate Christmas and such a big holiday around the world is because this is a Christian nation and America exports that culture. But they'll tear down the statues of our Christian heroes to replace them with what exactly? What religion are you intending on pushing on us? Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you look closely, what you'll find is that the religion they plan on pushing on us is not a religion at all. And the statue of Satan went up for the Christmas season in the Iowa state capitol. Satanism is by definition not a religion. Religion is, according to Encyclopedia Britannica, the acceptance of and worship of God or gods in some religious traditions. In the Jewish, Christian, and Muslim traditions, God. So Satanism, by definition and by explanation, is the absence of God. Let's listen to the founder of the Church of Satan explain. Is it satanic worship? We're a non-theistic organization, but honestly, I feel that the beliefs that we hold take second place to upholding these values that I was speaking of. There's books available about us. There's been a film about us. We have a website. There's articles written about us all the time. People interested in what we truly believe can find these things and they can see how we engage pro-socially with the communities that we're in. You engage pro-socially. Hmm. What does that look like? It looks like raising up a bathomet, the goat-headed personification of Satan in our world. We have no idea what Satan actually looks like, but this pretty hideous statue sat in a place of honor inside of the Iowa State Capitol until one man took action. One man's name is Michael Cassidy. He is a Navy veteran who went and beheaded that statue. He's not even from Iowa. Bought a ticket, traveled up to Iowa, and took the statue down, saying, effectively, one, I don't care what the laws are. I'm not going to allow Satan to be worshipped inside of our government. But more importantly, as a Christian, I'm not going to allow Satanism to be in a place of prominence in my country. It is my country, after all. And so I'm going to do what all good Christian men should do. And he smashed that statue. Ladies and gentlemen, a man who has the 
rarest trait available to all mankind, bravery, joins the program now. Michael Cassidy, welcome to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, the great beheader. I, I don't know. I've never introduced someone like that before, but I think it's appropriate here for Michael Cassidy, a military veteran, a, a candidate for office or former office in Mississippi, and a man who physically beheaded the Satan statue in the Iowa State Capitol just in time for Christmas, joins the program. God bless you, sir. Thank you. And former candidate, not, not an active candidate. <laughs> former candidate. Well, I have a feeling you're going to have quite a bit of attention on you and your potential candidacy into the future. Why don't I start with that? Like, do you plan on running for office again? Uh, I've got no active plans to run for office. Okay. Well, it seems, it seems like you could potentially run for governor of Iowa because people of Iowa, myself being one of them, I live in Florida now, but I was raised in Iowa, spent my entire young life in Iowa, 20 years, University of Iowa graduate. Uh, I was pretty disgusted at the satanic display inside of the, the, the capital of the state of Iowa. Kim Reynolds allowed it. She's the governor. And uh, you beheaded it. And I'd love to get that story. Yeah, so the, uh, the icon of, to Satan got put up a couple of weeks ago. I don't know exactly when, but I, I saw it on social media uh, about a week and a half ago. And then, and I thought it was a joke, <laughs> uh, which apparently it might be a bit of a joke to the, the, the Satanists. Some of them are real uh, believers in the devil. Some of them uh, are not believers in the devil. Uh, they just kind of do it at, again as a joke. Um, yeah. But regardless of that, it, it's not a joke. It's a, it's, it, it is promoting, um, the devil to people that aren't in on the joke. And um, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but the, like a story that really does stand out uh, is part of the hate mail. I got a lot of support, but part of the hate mail uh, I got was from an Iowa father. And he was mad at me because he was going to go to the Capitol that day um, for the purpose of seeing the satanic statue to show his daughter as a good example of the, again, a good example for her to look up to, I guess. And that's, so it's not a joke. Like it, it, it has consequences for influencing people and especially children. But anyways, the, uh, so I saw it up, thought, you know, it must've been a mistake. It'll get taken down. Uh, then on Wednesday, uh, I saw that it was still up there. And, uh, so early afternoon, I bought a plane ticket uh, on a whim, bought a plane ticket and got landed in Iowa. You, uh, you're from Iowa, so I'm sure you've uh, seen Field of Dreams. Uh, there's that uh, scene at the end where James Earl Jones is talking about, you know, uh, someday, you know, people, they'll they'll just start coming to Iowa without really knowing why they're there, what uh, for what purpose they'll just get in their cars or whatnot, and they'll come to Iowa. And it kind of felt like that. Uh, I, I felt called to come to Iowa, um, prayed on it when I got to the hotel, prayed on it before I left uh, the next morning, got to the uh, the Capitol and didn't know exactly what to expect once I showed up. Um, the But I'll tell you, seeing that the, the icon back when it was still standing, um, it is kind of like when if you've seen the Grand Canyon on TV or, uh, or movies or whatnot, but then you actually go and you see the Grand Canyon and it's different. It's just, mm. it's much more powerful in person. Uh, and it was the same way with that, uh, with that icon. And, uh, mm. and I knew that, you know, it, it, it couldn't stand. Um, and so, uh, I, I took it down. Uh, I actually, uh, believe it or not, I, some of the debris and candles and whatnot that came outside of that, uh, little rectangular display that they gave it, um, I put them back inside. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I wasn't uh, littering, um, just, you know, taking down uh, that evil. Then I went back to the security checkpoint, turned myself in, said, hey, uh, here I am. Uh, I'm not running away or anything. Uh, this is what I did. Um, and they they called the state trooper over. Um, we talked for a little bit. They talked to higher ups. They try to figure out, hey, what are we going to do with this guy? 
and they ended up letting me go. Uh, no charges. Uh, initially, they had my phone number. They gave me a call about 10 minutes later and they said, hey, you know, we, we, we do have a citation for you after all. So I went back to the Capitol complex and picked up the citation and then uh, went on my way. And the, uh, the rest is history. <laughs> so. Uh, so many follow-up questions to this one how did you behead this uh the bathomet right so this is the satan this is the the traditional image of satan's goat head kind of thing and uh, this is a satanic statue that's been allowed in the capital on religious freedom grounds and i'd love to get into this satan satanism isn't a religion obviously right it's the absence of god not the presence of god I do want to get through the play-by-play -play because there's no footage of you taking the statue out. How did you do it? What happened? So I've seen some of the memes of, about, you know, the AI interpretation of what happened. Uh, and it wasn't like I didn't have a sword with me or an axe or anything like that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I just, just had my hands. Uh, and so the, you know, the head came off relatively simply. Uh, and then, uh, and I just pushed, pushed the thing over. Um, and pretty much, I mean, and that's that I, you can see some of the, you know, one of the horns is off. Uh, I don't, don't really remember exactly the, what happened, but I definitely, uh, uh I tore it up a little bit. Um, and yeah, grab yeah, it with you, your, you grab it with your hands, rip his head off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you seem like a man who's in shape. You're a, uh, Naval Reserve instructor, pilot. And uh, and a, a Navy veteran, yes? Uh, yeah, uh, I was active duty in the Navy for about uh, 12 years, and then I've been in the reserves for about about three years. Okay. So some, for some force coming with that uh, beheading of Satan. Did you go there planning on beheading the statue? Uh, no, I, I went there. Certainly, uh, the I, I went to Iowa because there was a statue, but there was... Uh, no, no exact plan of what what was going to happen. There, uh, I didn't know whether there were going to be politicians there that you know I could right. give my opinion to. That hey, you guys, what are you right. doing? Take this thing down. I didn't know whether there would be protesters or people praying. I found out that um, I guess there was a bunch. There were a bunch of people um, in the the rotunda, uh, which is right next to the the icon or where it was. Um, there are dozens or maybe a couple hundred people there the day or two days before. Um, the only, but when I got there, the only person, uh, there is one man there. And I, I found out later he'd been there, I think three days and he wasn't, uh, what, didn't respond really to me, try to talk to him, but I think he was Catholic, uh, praying, uh, praying the rosary, but it was in Latin and English. I, I'm not Catholic, so I'm not exactly sure what, uh, what he was doing, but he was the only guy there. So you're telling me that this that this isn't an actual photo of you on the screen here? Uh, no. Uh, okay, okay, got no. it. Well, you can't tell these, you know. You can't yeah. tell. They, this isn't actually a photo. Okay, fine, fine. All right. Okay. Good to have. Good to have that sorted out. But uh, there are a lot of people who clearly support you in this. I'm one of them. Uh, as an Iowan, also as a Christian, it's like, wait a second. Uh, do, you can have one choice. Okay, and there are two options. You can have a government of weak men who allows for the worship of Satan inside of our government buildings, right? You're not talking a cornfield somewhere on someone's private property. You're not talking about somebody in the middle of a highway on the middle of one of those dirt roads in Iowa. You're talking about like the this is being praised inside of our government building. This is being given a place of honor inside of the the, the feet of the government. Or you can behead Satan. You can be a strong Christian. You can choose one path. You, you have, you, and I choose the strong beheading path. <laughs> like I, I am with you. And I'm like, I think so many other people are, are very glad that we live in a country that still has men like you to do things like this. Well, Benny, what really, what I want to come out of this is I want Christians to be reinvigorated in their faith that the, the world, uh, it tells us to be ashamed of the gospel. It tells us to not uh, spread the spread the news, uh, the good news of Jesus to to people who are non-believers. Uh, it tells us to be quiet in uh, in whether it's in leadership positions. The where you see, I've seen people that are equating nativity scenes uh, with statues to the father of all evil, uh, and that's just something that 
the world will tell us uh, that, and that's not something that God's telling us and that God uh, tells us that whoever is ashamed of him and of his words, well, then, you know, and that person, uh, God will be ashamed of them uh, when, when they meet him. And that's, uh, that's something that we should fear. Uh, we should fear God more than we should fear, um, you know. Such a great point. So many Christians so unable to actually comprehend what Christ did in the Bible. It, it, it wasn't pretty when he was flipping tables in the synagogue. That wasn't a, a pretty, it wasn't, it, wasn't ha, it wasn't made for Instagram, right? Like that, that was made for World Star. Like yeah. Christ goes and flips the tables and beats people and he makes a whip and then he whips the money changers. Yeah. Yo, like that. Like, sorry, sorry to bust your image of Jesus, but that's what the gospel says. When you yeah. see evil, you confront it, and we need a lot more of that uh, in our society. Apparently, people are standing with you. Ten thousand dollars from Turning Point USA, Charlie Kirk, uh, to help defend you in this. Are you going to? I mean, it seems like you very much uh, co cooperated with the law with law enforcement. Um, are Are you going to appeal? Are you going to say? How are you going to fight this, right? Or, or, or what's going to happen next? The, the, the charge that they gave me, it was this uh, criminal mischief uh, charge, which I mean, I'm not a lawyer. It, it sounds, uh, you know, like something that you have your kid go stand in the corner for. You, you're guilty <laughs> of mischief, but that's the, you know, that's <laughs> how they, what, that's what it's called, uh, I guess, mischief in the fourth degree. Um, we we're still work. Uh, I mean, I've got a, uh, a a couple of lawyers that I'm working with um, in Iowa and elsewhere, and we're we're working on our um, our legal defense uh, as we speak. So okay. uh, more more to come about that. But uh, I'm not a lawyer. I don't want to you know get ahead of my skis and talking about the the legal response when I'm not the expert on that. Good. I'm not. I'm I I'm not uh, the expert on. Uh, theology, right? Nobody ever ever go to me for like a PhD in theology or some type of like deeply thought out Erwin Lutzer level uh, uh, sermon. Uh, I am a simple Christian mm -hmm. and I can do the math and I can read what the church of Satan, which is the people who set up this altar in the first place, uh, say they don't believe in Satan at all. They say they don't even believe in Satan. They say they believe in no God and religion defined religion defined is the worship of a God or God. And so by, by its very practice and by the, by very definitionally, this shouldn't have happened. You shouldn't be allowed, the church of Satan shouldn't be allowed to put up something that's clearly mocking or overtly pulling, as you said, like people into Satanism because they're not a religion by definition. It seems like this, like people, like our balls have fallen off, right? As a country to even allow this. Um, because it's a fraud on us, our systems, and true protections of religion, which is, of course, the worship of God. Um, do you see that? This, do you see that similar? Like this is a mockery being made of our governmental institutions, and we are led by weak men and women who allow it. I mean, I'll I'll go even simpler that God is good and should be praised, and Satan is evil and should not be praised, and Thank that you. even. Even the, and I'm certainly, I, I don't have a, a PhD. I haven't been to seminary, um, but I think it really is that simple that for all of the, you know, the, the knots that the, whoever, the people, the uh, bureaucrats, I guess, who put the statue up, um, the uh, people that will justify it uh, and use, I'd say, more recent interpretations of the First Amendment than how our founders uh, considered it when they when they wrote it and how early jurisprudence believed the First Amendment to be um, the and, you know, for the overwhelming majority of our history and even still today. But anyways, without going in there, we don't need to go in there. It's as simple as is Satan evil or is Satan good or neutral? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. Satan's not neutral. Satan likes to try to convince people that he's neutral or convince people that he's good, but he's evil and we should not be praising Satan. It's that simple. Like there doesn't need to be really, there's, I'm sure there's tons of, um, you know, whether podcast videos, newspaper articles, magazine articles about this, but it really comes down to God is great and deserves our praise and Satan is evil and he does not.
I think you brought up a great point here in one of uh, in one of your uh, posts on X, where you talk about the worship of Osama bin Laden. What if you know you're a military man? What if there was a religion, and there very well may be that worships Osama bin Laden, and, and there are people who obviously do worship, I suppose, Osama bin Laden, you know, members of Al Qaeda, right? Me members of terrorist factions who wish for our death and wish for destruction, wish for all horrible things to happen to our people. Would they be allowed? to put up a shrine to Osama bin Laden during Christmas time next to a nativity scene? Like, is this the country that we wish to live in? And what a profound question. I fear, Michael, that the answer for some people to that question would be yes. I, it is for a lot of people. I was, you know, it's, it's X, it's Twitter. It, there, there are a lot of, you know, trolls. There's a lot of, uh, you know, not the highest intellectual discussions that, that happen on there. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, and a newsflash, but it was really remarkable seeing, well, really that anybody other than maybe a member of Al Qaeda um, would say, yes, we should have, uh, we should have statues uh, to, to, uh, to Osama bin Laden. But that's kind of the same argument that I, I would, I would imagine the people that accept um, if you're going to, ex if you're going to equate a nativity scene with an altar to Satan, then it's intellectually dishonest, I think, to say you can't have um, a an icon to uh, Osama bin Laden. And when you sure. and I, I, I made that example to hopefully, you know, shake some of these people awake that are either on the fence uh, about this issue or are leaning uh, on the the other side, saying yes, we should have Satan. That okay, if well, if you don't think that we should have. Uh, praise for al-qaeda and osama bin laden committing 9-11 and everything else that they've done if we if you wouldn't have that well you can also say no to satan and then that just that argument the pro-satan uh tolerance argument collapses uh if you're somebody who thinks that we should not have uh a monument to al-qaeda but uh we'll see if if that if that works on people or not you're talking about how the public is on your side here. And we have this clip from California of all places where the parents are furious about a satanic temple school club. Uh, mm -hmm. It does seem like you're actually on the winning side here and that you are, of course, clearly standing on behalf of the majority. Check this out. Rebuke Satan in the name of Jesus Christ. Christians protesting against a group calling itself the satanic temple holding an after school book club event at the Lancaster Library yesterday. The Satanic Temple, we are about personal liberty and free rational inquiry. We're not about worshiping the devil or anything like that. We don't need the enemy here in Jesus' mighty name. We're representing Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. We're here uh, to take part in the after-school Satan Club. The Satanic Temple putting out flyers encouraging families and their children to show up for a back-to-school night family community celebration. important for men and women and children of all faiths to come out here and stand up and speak that the truth, the truth that Jesus Christ is our Savior and that Satan is evil. Uh, so wait a second. Uh, this doesn't seem like a political thing. Uh, the lot of stuff we talk about is red, blue, like the kind of like the political stripes. And while politics is sort of edging into the moral territory more and more these days, that's just straight up. This is straight up like snake handlers and people carving faces of demons inside the school. Look, and they want to do that with the children. How do you possibly how do you possibly say that that is something good for children to be exposed to? It's not. And one thing that's uh, important to to look into is that it doesn't whether we believe whether Christians were a majority or a minority, you know, the, the majority minority argument that that kind of works in in a political sense that we you know, talk about whatever you want on the political agenda. But it doesn't matter if 99 percent of people liked what I did or if 99 percent of people didn't like what I did. The, the truth is the truth. And Jesus is Jesus. And he is the savior of us all. And it doesn't matter um, if whatever uh, people say, uh, it's the truth and that's right. that, and that the devil is evil uh, and does not deserve praise, even if everybody, uh, and I have no idea the exact process that Iowa used to, to have that satanic statue, but there's no legitimacy that any, any man 
uh, can give to the devil. Uh, and yes. so even if we had a unanimous voice vote on the floor of the state floor and uh, and approved by the governor, that wouldn't legitimize an icon to Satan. It's evil by its own nature, regardless of any, you know, I got a thousand upvotes or a thousand downvotes. That, that doesn't matter. Right, right. is right. Wrong is wrong. I merely say that. I merely say that because Christianity has become a religion of cowards. And even with a preponderance of people in the country who be supposedly believe in, in Christianity, no, nobody seems to have, find the guts to stand up anymore. And that's kind of the one thing that God asks for, right? I'll save Sodom and Gomorrah if there's one good man that stands up. Show me one, says the angel of God. And I'm glad to have had a one good man on the program here. Michael Cassidy, uh, God bless you. Merry Christmas. Uh, and thank you so much for your fearless standing up. Bravery is probably the rarest trait that exists in society. And you got it, man. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Such an encouraging show after Christmas in this Christmas season. A time of encouragement, a time of reflection, and a time to focus on what truly matters. In life, bravery, of course, is one of those traits, and two brave, joyful souls joined this program, Carrie Lake and Michael Cassidy, together showing us what it looks like to stand for truth and what it looks like to stand at all in an era where everyone is asking for you to bend the knee. We don't do that in the arena. We bend the knee to one God alone, and that is God. Ladies and gentlemen, our verse for today, Isaiah 2.17, and the haughtiness of man shall be humbled, the loyal, the lofty pride of man shall be brought low, and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day, and the idols shall utterly pass away. Hmm. The idols shall pass away. Bit of a theme here. Ladies and gentlemen, keep fighting. We're fighting right alongside you here in the arena. See ya.